This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And you're, you're listening, listening to The Score. score. The Score with Michael Clark. And welcome along to The Score here on Lisburn's 98FM and Bangor FM with me, Michael Clark. Here's what's coming up on today's programme. This week's show is packed. It really is. Lots of guests on the way. We're building up to Northern Ireland's doubleheader against Lithuania tonight and Italy on Monday. We'll be doing so with international boss Ian Baraklov, midfielder Ali McCann, and newly introduced to the squad for the first time, goalkeeper Luke Southwood. Danske Bank Premiership coverage coming your way too. Crusaders star Jordan Forsyth and Warren Point Town manager Barry Gray will be on the show. And we're even talking Premier Intermediate League with Limavari United boss Andy Law. It's all coming up right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. I know every week's busy and I say, you know, it's a it's a packed show, but this one, <laughs> this one takes the biscuit. What a week building up to uh, all the action that's taking place this weekend and reflecting on some of the stuff that has already happened. So we'll be talking League Cup in a little bit on the programme. I'll give you the Danske Bank Premiership fixtures too and some thoughts on those games. Crusaders-Linfield is a big match, so we're interested to hear what Jordan Forsyth has to say and Barry Gray, it's top against bottom as Warren Point Town host his former club, the side he used to manage, Cliftonville. So lots of interest around that fixture as well. So many talking points, but we start with the international matches. Uh, right away tonight is the main focus, naturally Lithuania, the opponents for Northern Ireland. And we did so well uh, beating them earlier in this group. Is it going to be another shoe-in? Should we be winning tonight? A lot of fans will be thinking that is the case. That'll be among the questions that uh, you'll hear Ian Barraclough answer in just a moment. But um, I went along on Thursday, had a chat with a number of the team. And uh, the first thing I asked the international manager was just how happy was he that most of the players have come through the last week or so unscathed? It's been a good camp so far. Um, there's question marks over Jordan Thompson. but uh, and, and Dan Ballard hasn't joined up with us to, to give his knee a bit, a bit of time to... Uh, try and manage that but um, other than that no everyone else has come through and um, looking forward to the game training has been of a real good quality high tempo there's a, a mindset of, uh, of going and attacking the game and winning the game and uh, and then we're, we look towards Italy after that and that's just that going in uh, you know obviously you look to win as many games as possible but is the belief there is that is the mood good absolutely yeah um, you know first thing we did when we had a meeting was um, draw a line under the Bulgaria game understand why we lost it or you know why we certainly from a, from a winning position uh, and a really good first half and 50 minutes actually that that um, you know a 20 minute spell can cost you at this level uh, and we weren't able to, to claw it back and it's far easier to you know to, to hold on to a to lead and build on that rather than chasing a game but um, had a good chat about that understanding of that and and so this group's still learning 
although we've got some really good experienced players, there's, there's young ones around that and, and it takes a collective to go and win a game at this level. No, no game's an easy one. That mental drop-off or whatever you, you want to call it, how do you prevent that from happening again? Because I'm sure it's as frustrating for a manager as it is for players or fans. It's just little reminders all the time, whether that comes from coaching staff, whether it comes from, from players within in a game. You know, we can't drop our levels. You know, we're not in a position we're to, to, to be able to do that against anybody. And, um, you know, I think I've said before, most teams have got standout players that can go and win a game at any one time. And, um, you know, the, the two finishes for, from, the, from the guy in, in Bulgaria was, um, you know, were... were Great strikes and and they're half chances really, but they, but they took them, and games can turn on those moments. But um, you know it's it's little things and and you know it's nothing major, but they all come together and and, um, and and can give you problems. What have you identified about Lithuania in terms of a threat? Because obviously um, you know that's a big part of it too, identifying where they can hurt us and, and where we can stop them. Well, the new coaches started to instill a, a belief in them as well, and you could see that against Bulgaria. Uh, the, the, the home game where you know you can see that they're, they're all working in unison. They've got some you know, bright players in wide areas with pace and trickery, and they can deliver or they can score goals as well. So certainly that's, uh, that's something we've you know we'll identify and, and just reiterate again to the, the players. They can be dangerous from set pieces, and um, look, they're, they're, they're a group of players that give everything for the shirt, and, and that's something that you know when you've got a group of players that are like that, of the same mindset, and uh, they, they've got a common cause, and then, you know, it's a dangerous uh, animal to, to go and tackle, so first of all, we've got to make sure we fight the right times, make sure that we, we, we um, impress our work rate on, on them, uh, and then hopefully, you know, brighter players um, then get a, a, a foot in the game for us and, and, and can go and create and be a spark in the, the final third. Northern Ireland fans, I think, looking at this game, will think this is one realistically that Northern Ireland could maybe should win. Do you look at that in that way? You know, a potential banana peel is the other side of it. I understand there'll be an expectancy for us to go and win the game, and they'll look at the scoreline in Vilnius and uh, and say, well, we can beat them 4-1 away from home. This should be a foregone conclusion. Football's not like that. We know that. Mindset's got to be right. Attitude going out onto the pitch to, to say to do the nasty parts of the game first has got to be um, has got to be exemplary so it's uh, it's a mindset in that that way and then hopefully the confidence to go and play uh, when you're in possession of the ball is, is is important and just finally it isn't obviously unfortunate that Ballard isn't here but Johnny Evans is and that's a huge boost isn't it I think so any team that's um, that's been missing their what's possibly their best player you know one of their best players is uh, is always going to suffer for it and, and I think you know, at times, although I think we've we've been really solid at the back in in, in many respects with a you know a back three with Ballard, Brown, Cathcart, uh, Flanagan. You know, I think to, to have someone like Johnny to, to call upon and, and come in. You know, you can you can tell there's a there's a he, he sets people apart and, and um, there's a calmness on the ball and and I think it, just people around him as well. It, it gives them a, a boost. It's good to see him running freely. It's good to see him um, being amongst the group and he, and he like he. He mucks in with everybody else. He's no different. He loves playing for his country. Loves playing for, for you know for the group and uh, and and to call upon Johnny is uh, yeah it's good. The score with Michael Clark. You can hear Ian Barclough definitely happy to have Johnny Evans back at his disposal. Another player he has back at his disposal is Ali McCann, and I asked him just how happy is he to be back in the team. 
and available for selection once again for Northern Ireland. Yeah, as you, it was uh, getting to drop out for the last camps, particularly because it was right before the the games. It wasn't ideal first start for Preston coming off it coming off injured, so I was I was gutted watching the games from uh, from the house. But I guess there's nothing you can do, and I'm just wasn't to be back involved now. You're someone that has been a very popular figure, it seems very quickly, with Northern Ireland supporters. How have you found uh, your first steps in international football? Yeah, it's been great. I feel like everyone since I've been in, you know, staff, players have made me feel really welcome and I'm settled and I feel part of this, properly part of the squad now. And it's it's particularly, you know, the Switzerland game before the last one that was a full house here. It was the first time I was sort of experiencing that and that was brilliant. It was, it, it was better than I, I could have even imagined and hopefully there's more of that to come. The noise in here can be incredible at times, and you know when Billy saves the penalty, uh, it's probably the loudest I've heard it in quite some time. What's that like as a player to be on the pitch and, and have that moment? Yeah, it was great. That, as you said, when Billy saved the penalty, the noise was the noise was incredible, and that just sort of spurs you on as a player. And when the fans are sort of behind the team, it gives you that extra gives you that extra bit, and you can't sort of replicate that. And it just it just gives, it fills you with confidence and goes, makes you give that extra bit. And it's hopefully, as I said, there's more of that to come. Ian has been talking about you know, playing an attacking brand of football, going out and attacking this game and, and trying to get the win in a positive way. We go from midfield, wouldn't hurt. I know, I know. I got, got my first goal from Pres- for Preston last week, so hopefully I can transfer that over to, over to, over to here. Obviously, I scored against Malta in summer, but I want to get a competitive one, so that's, that's, that's the aim. And then that would be, that'd be great just to get one here and then celebrate in front of the fans. That's, that, that's, you can't really beat that. And if we can come away with a win as well, that would be even better. What's the mood like coming into this one? What's preparations been like? Yeah, the mood in camp's been great since, since we came in, met up on Sunday. Everyone's sort of raring to go and go and try and get two positive results in these two games because you can't sort of the momentum's massive in international football and if we can take two positive results into into the next camp in March it's, it's it'll be massive for us and that's what we'll be going out to do because Italy I guess is an easy one for anyone to get up for but you need to be bang on it for Lithuania too yeah exactly if we can, we'll approach the game in in the right manner and hopefully go and at- attack the game sort of to go and get the three points and then if we can come away with that going into Italy would be huge for us and then we know it'll be difficult on Monday against them but we'll go and try and get a positive result there and then as I said if we can take two good performances and two good results into into March that'll be huge for us. The score with Michael Clark a player who is enjoying his football at the moment. Hopefully he can help spark some magic in our midfield and inspire Northern Ireland to victory later. A question is who will start in goals? Bailey Peacock-Farrell has not let us down by any stretch of the imagination, but a new goalkeeper has got people talking. He is a championship player and he's been doing very well. More on his club form in a moment, but I began by congratulating Luke Southwood on his international call-up, the first one he's had for Northern Ireland, and what must be a very special moment for him. Yeah, definitely, yeah. It's been uh, something that come out of the blue. Like you said, it's been a bit of a whirlwind couple of months for me. Um, yeah, now I'm here. I'm just raring to go. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. From what I've heard from Ian Barraclough, you're someone that wants to compete for that starting position. I suppose I would expect nothing less from a professional footballer, but it shows you know, you're not here just to, to hang around the camp. You want to be a significant player if you can. Yeah, definitely. Anyone knows anyone who knows me will know that's that's my character, that's my personality. Uh, never wanted to be anywhere to make up numbers. I'm. Uh, my motivation and what gets me going in football is playing um, on the biggest stage. So, yeah, that's definitely what I'm here for. 
for any Northern Ireland fans that haven't been following your club form, can you tell us about how you felt the season's gone for you so far? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, got my chance in the Reading team and like to think I've taken it. Um, and yeah, I had some really good performance mixed in there. So yeah, I'm just uh, sort of taking it game by game now. It's sort of been, like I said, been a quick turnaround for me. But yeah, I've been, been delighted with how I've played and hopefully I can keep it going. I've never been good enough to get an international call-up, so how does that happen? Do you get a text message? Does somebody phone you? So it come come around, my, my agent told me first. It was after we played Fulham, and then he, he told me that I might be expecting a call from Ian. Um, but obviously you don't you don't count on anything like that happening until it happens. Um, and then a couple of weeks after, I got the call from Ian, and then I had a conversation with him and also Roy. Um, so yeah, it was very surreal when I got them phone calls. But yeah, and that's, that's how it happened. And then two, three weeks later, I was here. And as a goalkeeper, I'm sure... Getting a call from Roy Carroll is nice seeing everything he's achieved in his career. He's been a phenomenal servant for club and country. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely one of the big reasons I wanted to come here as well. Because um, obviously the opportunity to work with Roy and, uh, you know, not only get to know him as a person, but learn from him um, and his experience. You can see that already on the training pitch. So, yeah, that's a big, uh, big thing for me as a young goalkeeper. And you haven't had the experience of this place filled up yet. That's only a, a day away now. Um, I'm sure you're looking forward to it. Yeah, I've heard so much about it already, so... Yeah, something I can't wait to see. That's something I, uh, I like to think I thrive on. Big, big, uh, big stages, big occasions, and I'm sure the crowd here is meant to be incredible. And your teammates, how welcoming have they been when you come into a new camp? I, I guess there's quite a lot of players that have been here for a long time, Stephen Davis, Johnny Evans, etc. How have they been for you? They, they've all been brilliant, to be fair. The, the mix of lads here, the experienced ones, the younger ones, the, the middle-term ones, they've all been absolutely brilliant. It's been one of the, the easiest transitions into a, into a change room, let's say. I've had um, and yeah, felt really welcomed. It's been easy and yeah, it's been a been a good good three four days. And it's a massive compliment when you get an international call up. Was it a difficult decision though to, to make a commitment because you know you, you've more than one eligibility, so there's always that thing in your mind potentially. Yeah, definitely. I had conversations with my family and my friends, my agent, my coaches, and stuff like that. And uh, but I'm very much one for taking opportunities when they come. Um, so I'm not the type of person that wants to ever look back and think, oh, I, I turned down an opportunity. And I think playing for playing for Northern Ireland, I've got family here, family from here, is something I'm immensely proud to be doing. So, yeah, the opportunity to to come here and play in national football is something I was never going to turn down. Must have been a lovely conversation with some of those relatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was when I got there, when they found out about it, I got loads of phone calls, loads of messages. Um, yeah, everyone was absolutely delighted for me. So, yeah, it was a really, really proud moment. The score with Michael Clark. Nice to hear what it means for Luke Southwood and big praise indeed for Roy Carroll. Shows you the influence he has, a valuable part of the international setup without question. Will Luke Southwood be thrown into the mix? It's an interesting one, isn't it? What do you do? Do you give him a chance against Lithuania and then does that mean he has to play against Italy? Or do you mix it up? What message might that send out? These are the difficult questions managers have to answer. Or do you stick with a goalkeeper who hasn't let you down throughout the campaign and Bailey Peacock Farrell? Southwood certainly wants to be one for the future, so a bit of competition for places, no bad thing for the international boss to ponder over. Now we turn our attention from the international scene to domestic football and the Danske Bank Premiership. In a little bit we'll be hearing from Barry Gray. We'll also be hearing from Limavari boss Andy Law. But before that, there's a small matter of a game between two big Belfast clubs taking place tomorrow at Seaview. Crusaders versus Linfield. And going along to that one, it should be a cracker. It usually is when those two take on one another and joining us on the programme now to look ahead to that game 
is Crusader Zone. Jordan for South. Jordan, good to have you on. Yes, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you. And um, you've had a, a good season so far. You've got a few goals to your name already. And uh, I know the Ballyclare game didn't go your way, but a couple of goals in that, uh, not bad. Not bad at all. Okay, yeah, a couple of goals to the name. And it's sort of, you know, it's just been good to get a good start this season. I feel like I'm playing well personally myself and I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah, to get a couple of goals on against Ballyclare was good. Um, but it was just uh, disappointing in the end, you know, myself missing a penalty and sometimes that's just the way football goes, you know. But um, it was good just uh, for that night to get a couple of young lads, you know, run out in the team. Um, a couple of boys have been training with us now for a good while and uh, it was good for them to get a bit of experience playing sort of, you know, men's football and stuff like that. So it was, we took some positives out of the game as well, as you know, so it was good that way. Looking at it, it seems that Crusaders are really starting to blood young players. For a long time, people have had this view of, of you know, you've had one way to play, you've had so many people that have been at the club for a long time, but you can now see that there is that next generation of player coming through too, so potentially quite exciting. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's the way football is now. You know, you've got to breed your own. And, you know, obviously we've done it in the past with, with Gavin White and stuff and, um, you know, like that. So it's been good that way. You know, we've got young lads, Zach Patterson and uh, Joe Thompson, you know, they have come through. Um, really young lads doing well and they're for Northern Ireland and stuff. Um, and uh, it's really good to see, you know, they're brought into the club and they've done really well. And especially Joel, I thought the other night um, he got his chance against Bally Clare. And um, I thought he was, you know, he showed real maturity in the game and done really well. And, you know, there's a bright future for, for them boys in the game. I was going to say that there's been so much talk about them and a, a lot of people really saying, you know, these are two boys to watch out for. There's been clubs across the water looking at them and anyone that was watching, you know, some of the youth internationals that they've been playing in recently will will see the calibre. But, I mean, you lace up the boots and go out on the pitch with them and uh, you're an experienced head now, Jordan. So you tell me yeah. just how good are they? No, no, they really are good. You know, it's they're they get into their training every time, and they're enthusiastic, and you know they're young, so they're they're really fit as well. You know, but it's um it's good that you know they're in among the boys, and that there's plenty of experience in our team. You know, and they can learn a lot from from the boys in our team. You know, the likes of Billy Joe Burns and the Dakin Goodells and Sean O'Neills and Jordan Owens. You know, there's a lot of boys in there that can gain a lot of experience off and take it with them in their journey in football. You know. Uh, looking at uh, you know the most recent outing was a, a 1-0 defeat against Larne and what was a, a really good game to watch and a, and a very tight game as well uh, but I'm sure a disappointing one to lose because uh, you never like losing. Yeah, it was disappointing for us. Um for, for me I I thought we were I thought we were superb on the night to be honest. Um thought in the first half, you know, really pinned Lauren back in their own half and moved the ball really well and get into really good opportunities. But I think it was maybe our own doing, you know. I think when you're on top, especially now, the way the league is, it's so competitive. You've got to really take your chances when you're on top, you know. And I think that's maybe where the other night where we sort of fell fell on our sword a bit, you know. So um, it was disappointing, um, but, you know, but a good performance and we'll, we'll move on from it. And that's now coming into the Linfield game where you, you probably feel maybe a little bit of pressure there because you, you don't want to be back-to-back league defeats, but also you don't want to give any of the teams above you any more breathing space. Yeah, well, every game against Linfield is, is tough. Like, you know, it's, um, they're, they're big games and um, they're, everybody looks forward to them, you know. So it's um, it'll be a big game for everybody to look forward to in the head on, uh, tomorrow, you know, and uh, we'll look forward to it. 
what are those team talks like from Stephen Baxter? Because uh, I've I've heard there there can be a thing of legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's, well, the time that I've been there, he's told some great stories and stuff that sort of <laughs> well not go into, but it's uh, <laughs> not no. He he will uh, he'll have all the boys well well up for tomorrow. Um, as I say, they're big games, big crowds, and they're the sort of games you want to be involved involved in, you know. So we know them feel they're a great team, you know. They're been champions the last couple of seasons. Um, we know what's 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 coming at us, and uh, we'll be, all the boys will be well prepared for that, you know. Yeah, there, there's almost no team talk required for those sort of matches. You you know your job and the the games that you relish. Yeah, exactly. Well, as I say, there's plenty of experience head in our change room, and you know, there's boys have been there, you know plenty of times so we know what it takes and it's just about getting in getting the hard work done and uh, putting a good team performance in uh, There's plenty of talented players I could pick out from Crusaders but someone I think has, has done really well towards the end of last season and from what I've seen this season is Daniel Larmer um, to be a Crusaders centre back uh, you got to be made of the right stuff and uh, he's come in and, and really staked his place in the first team hasn't he? Yeah, he really has. Um, well, he came in from Glenavon there, and uh, I think it took obviously enjoying the new club. It takes you a while, you know, to sort of get used to your surroundings and the team and the management and how we work. And it sort of took Daniel a few months, but um, I think really towards the end of the last season, you started to see what he can what he can give to the team. And um, coming this season, he's been brilliant again. Just unlucky with um, the injury that he got. He picked up an injury in training, and he's been out now for. A number of weeks, but um, no, he's a great lad and he's great around the change room. And as I say, he's still quite young, so he's still got a lot to learn as well. But he's been a great lad around the change room. And uh, I'm sure another great lad in the changing room is uh, someone that doesn't need any introductions to Linfield, Josh Robinson. Uh, what's it been like having <laughs> Josh, Josh at the club? Nice and quiet, not really. <laughs> oh, Josh's a good lad, you know. Uh, there's a good lot of people know him, you know. He's a big character in the change room. and you know, uh, a few boys give him a lot of stick like, because he's he's well worth it. But um, I like, know Josh has brought a lot of, you know, he's he's, he's someone that's someone that we really needed at the club. Um, he's got good stature and he's he's played at high levels. So um, no, it's good to have Josh back and around the boys again. The last few times you've met Linfield, they've had the upper hand and uh, they tend to be very tight affairs. Um, generally speaking, you know, there's two ones, three ones, that sort of thing. Um. <laughs> Does it ever play into your mind when you come into games like that? You go, well, we owe them one, or, or they always seem to nick a goal against us. You know, how do you how do you keep on top of that sort of thing? Oh, it's you, you just take each game as it comes, really. Um, you know, you don't sort of. Well, to me, once a game's over, it's gone, and they, you know, tomorrow's going to be a new challenge, and we know what Limfield's strong points are. You know, they're a great side, great some great players. So every time you know you play Limfield, you're in for a game, but. Um, I, I think we're we're well up to the challenge, and um, it'll be a it'll be a big one tomorrow at CV, and we'll, as I say, we'll thoroughly enjoy the game and look forward to it. I think any Crusaders fan listening to this will be just relieved that you ended up signing a new contract and staying on, because there was a period of time where it looked like that wasn't going to be the case. Uh, just how glad are you that it all worked out? Oh, no, I'm just glad it all worked out. You know, I've been at the Crusaders now for seven years I think it is and you know the club have looked after me and done well for me and I have done well for them and you know it's it was it was just a thing in the summer that just certain things popped up and um you know sort of come the age I am now I'm 39 and you sort of you sort of have a wee thing in your head you know maybe somewhere else but you know I was just glad to get over and done the line with uh with Stephen and um I'm, I'm glad I'm glad I'm there now you know it must have been a 
a difficult thing to even wrestle with because as you say you've been there for so long you've so many friends at that club to, to even be having to think that way um it couldn't have been easy um no it wasn't easy you know obviously i've met a lot of great people down there and had a lot of great memories with crusaders and um you know it was just one of those things where you know some some maybe people talk in your ear and rumors here and rumors there so it was maybe just one of those things, but it was uh, it was something that I've, I've you know, glad I the other end now, and I am where I am, and really enjoying my football, and we've got a great squad and great team down there, and all the boys are really close, and um, I think there's something special, you know, so I'm um, just glad I got it over the line and got it sorted. Yeah, people sometimes, and quite often times, I think Jordan don't see the pressures, the influences on players, and uh, you know, it's, it's whilst it's nice to be wanted, um, you ha- you're, you're one bad decision away from, you know, a big regret, or one good decision away from uh, who knows what and all the success, so, uh, you know, the, these are the moments that define us, I guess, and, and you're staying put. Yeah, that's it, definitely, you, you hit the nail on the head there, it's just sometimes your head can be turned sometimes with some comments or things that are going on, and in the social media or whatever people are saying about you, but suppose it was all good things, but um, I'm just glad now I'm concentrating on my football and really enjoying my football again. I'm back playing uh, week in, week out in midfield and the position I like to play, and um, that's just the way I'm looking forward. Because you are a very versatile player, and I know sometimes people see the versatile word as nearly offensive. You're like, well, you mean I'm not good in one position? That's not what I mean. <laughs> but when it was required... You're playing fullback. You did a great job. You seem to be someone that will play wherever he's put, but obviously you do have a preference. Okay, my preference is, is obviously in, in the middle of the park. That's where I enjoy playing my football and getting on it. But as I say, I'm a team player, and if I need to be put in somewhere else, um, I don't mind doing that for the team. You know, I can play fullback or I can play in the wing or in midf- or midfield, just wherever the team need me, you know, that's, that's, all, that's what the main thing is, as long as the team's sorted and the team's okay, you know, I don't mind doing that for a game or two, but obviously preference is centre midfield, but um, I enjoy playing all positions, really. Well, it's helpful when uh, Billy Joe Burns is fit and raring to go, because, you know, people were going, can he still play fullback? And, uh, well, he's still running anyway, he's still running, still delivering those wonder crosses. Oh, 100%. Billy Joe can play anywhere he wants. He's a great footballer. He's, he's won everything there is in the game and his experience. Um, he's now our skipper and couldn't pick a better skipper at the club, you know. So um, like, it's great to get him back in fullback again because he's best, for me, he's the best right back in the league for the last 10 years anyway, you know. So it's, it's good for us and good for Crusaders. Options over the pitch certainly helps. And when you've got uh, experienced heads in there, it's... It's good because they're needed when you get into the trenches, certainly when you get into the business end of the season. Um, It's crazy to think that, you know, you've been playing in the Irish League for as long as you have. You know, I remember watching you back playing for the Whites and stuff. Do you ever sort of pause and take stock of the career you've had? Because I know you're not by any means done yet, but, um, you know, you've been round a bit now. Yeah, well, I all started back when the story and stuff, um, a good good spell there, and sort of learnt my trade a bit. Um, but I have been around now. I don't feel like it, but I feel, <laughs> but I have, if you know what I mean. But uh, no, that's not great. Of a big decision back sort of seven years ago when I when I chose to sign for Crusaders, and um, it was probably you know the best decision I made. You know, I've played some, had some great experiences and great memories and European trips and. On two league titles and an Irish Cup and a couple of Kingdom Shields and things like that. But probably, as, as a footballer, you always want more. And I'm probably maybe disappointed in the way I haven't won more league titles and things like that. But there's, as I say, there's plenty of years yet still to go. And 
I'm fit and you know I'll, as, as long as I'm fit I'll carry on as long as I can you know at the highest level so just as I say it's, you, it's great to look back and see what you've won but it's more for me is looking forward and seeing what I come in in the future. It's a very positive attitude where do you kind of get that drive from is that something you learned as you you know as you matured as a player have, have you always kind of been like that? Sort of always kind of been like that but it's probably you know came from maybe my, my, my granda and my, and my dad they were always pushing me younger when I was younger and stuff to you know always be the best you can be at football and you know they sacrificed quite a lot for me when I was younger to be able to be where I am you know and as I say everybody knows I've grew up watching Irish League football and you know it was always it's always great to be out there every Saturday doing it so probably from them it's probably stemmed from them you know so you weren't one of those players who was a bit scundered when their when their dad or their grand or whatever came down and watched. You were okay. No, no, I was okay. I have a, <laughs> I have a really I have a great relationship with my dad and my granddad, so it's uh, I was always wanting them to be there as much as possible. You know the way there's always, everyone's played with a boy who's like, oh no, my mom's here, my dad's here, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. We can all think of that. Uh, going, <laughs> tell you what, I'm not worried about the manager killing the ref. My parents are going to do it for them. <laughs> but you had that support there and that's obviously what has helped you so much it's an interesting sort of little insight into it as well so would that be outside of football where you would kind of lean in I guess take take stock of, of how things are going you wouldn't get too worried about maybe what's being said uh, online you'd maybe just go back and say look what do you think ask your family ask your friends okay yeah, definitely you know, with social media and I and you know, all the platforms um, there's fans and supporters and everybody's going to have their say but to be honest I don't really pay much attention to it you know as, as long as the as long as Crusaders and Stephen and the players and everybody and my, my family are, are all that's all that really matters you know so as long as they're happy with me and how I'm getting on and doing that's all, that's all that really matters to me See because people wouldn't necessarily People definitely don't think before they send stuff out on the internet. That's that's not breaking news. That is absolutely no. not breaking news. But they don't necessarily realise that it affects players in the Irish league because we you know we we see campaigns and we hear things in the Premier League and rightly so about you know stopping online abuse. But and I'm I'm not just talking about you. We do see players get abused online, and I'm sure it gets through to people and, and at times gets the better of them. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, every 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 individual is different, and and certain comments can affect people in different ways. But um, you know, I, I just think you know, as, as for me, if you're a family and the, your loved ones and the people that mean more to you, uh, mean everything to you, if they're the ones that are giving you the comments, I don't think anybody else really matters. You know, if 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 Joe Blogs is writing about you on on the internet or whatever, you know. People are going to have their opinions, as I say, and you know, I've, everybody has their opinion, and that's what it's going to be. But for me, if I don't really pay too much attention about it, you know. Well, you let your football do the talking, and you're playing well, so you don't have exactly. too much. You don't have too much to worry about. I'm just liking this idea that I've accidentally turned you into like some sort of advice guru here. There's life after <laughs> football now, Jordan. <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll take that. <laughs> I'm just imagining that now. I'm sure some of your teammates will be straight onto WhatsApp with that idea. Could you imagine? <laughs> Ah uh, well, I'll, I'll be probably getting. I'll probably there will be a few jokes maybe found about in the chat about me maybe tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, best of luck for the Linfield game. Obviously, a big game that uh, I'm looking forward to getting along to myself. So we'll see you there. But thank you very much for uh, coming no, on no the show. No, no problem at all. Thank you very much. Cheers. The score with Michael Clark. 
Crusaders versus Linfield. Just one of six games happening in the Danske Bank Premiership on Saturday afternoon. Elsewhere, Coleraine versus Dungannon Swifts, Glen Torren versus Ballymena United, Larne against Glenavon, and Portadown versus Carrick Rangers, plus the meeting of Warren Point Town and Cliftonville. So let's talk about that one and let's get the point boss on, shall we? Barry Gray, good to have you back on the show. How are you? Hi, Michael. How's things? Things are good. Uh, it's been a, a busy week uh, for for everybody, it seems. Certainly a busy week for yourselves, and I'm sure you're a happy manager after a convincing win. Yes, Michael. I uh, For once this season so far, a convincing win, a comfortable night for us, and uh, obviously delighted for the players, delighted for everyone in the club to be put forward to the semi-finals at this stage. A big lift, I think, for everybody because it's been a, a tough start to the season for you. And um, to have that, what does that do for for the confidence in the camp? Um, well, listen, Michael, all our wins bar one this season so far has come in cup competitions. For us, it's been um, a welcome distraction from from the league campaign. So, um, listen, the, obviously, players grow grow with confidence when, when you score goals and when you. When you win games, so Tuesday night for us, we scored six good goals, which is good for everyone involved, and it's a good win. It puts us in the semi-final of a senior cup competition, so that's nothing to be laughed at, um, and and it gives gives everyone involved just that that wee bit of sight forward that you know things can turn and things can be more positive than what they have been in the last number of weeks and months, and and a wee bit of a wee bit of fortune and a wee bit of a good will to look forward to. And pleasing for you, I would think, with Alan O'Sullivan getting a hat-trick, uh, the first player since himself to score a hat-trick for Warren Point, so he does have a bit yeah. of form there. Thomas Maguire getting a couple of goals and uh, Hutchinson chipping in with one. So, you know, sharing it around a wee bit too, you'll be hoping that that isn't just a one-off. Absolutely. Obviously, you're, you you want to see your strikers, your attacking players score goals. Um, predominantly for us, it was good on the night to see um, Big Sully get the hat trick. It was important. It was important for him. He's done well since he's come back in the team in league form. So it's something that you'll be looking to see. Can you build on now in the weeks coming and the and the tougher games to come ahead for us? But yeah, yeah. Listen, it's it's always good. You want to see your team score goals and you want to see players on the field celebrate. And and we we got that in abundance on Tuesday. When you look around the other results as well, certainly a, a few surprises uh, potentially uh, in there um, in the last couple of weeks anyway in this competition. Uh, do you particularly mind who you get in the semis? Yeah, Michael, listen, I, I think if you go if you go on, on, on the last round and the results that, that, that came on board there, um, you know at this stage, semi-final cup competitions at that senior level, you you're looking towards a final. You're looking at towards the potential of of a trophy. And when you get to this stage, you you definitely know that regardless of who you get at semi final stage or final stage, that if you want to to win a senior trophy, you're going to have to 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 beat two very good teams along the way. So no matter what happens at this stage, we have to be at our very best, no matter who we come up against. Um, I suppose the best you can offer is a home draw in the semi-final, and, and, and we'll take our we'll take our chances with with anyone that's left. Looking at the the bread and butter, which is the league, uh, last Saturday I wasn't at the game, but you know a two-one defeat. Um, did it play out like a tight match? And what were your thoughts after it against Glentoran? Yeah, it did, Michael. And um, 
we we were disappointed. If if you want to listen to enough of the the critics and enough of the Clintorn contingent, they'll tell you about what they should have been at half time. But the reality of it was was that they weren't. Um, we find ourselves two down at half time. Um, we got ourselves back in the game early in the second half, and we played the vast majority of the second half um, inside the Clintorn box. We were we had two or three good, really really good opportunities outside scoring the goal. That we didn't capitalise on, and to be fair, um, I thought that we were we we were as good as they were for at least a draw, if not the win of the game. Just like it's easy for everyone to dismiss Glentoran should have been where they were at half time or, or further on, but nobody was talking about where we should have been at, at the full time whistle either. So, yeah, from from our perspective, a very good second half performance, two two goals that we conceded that was um, most certainly poor from our perspective but um, if we can build on that performance and that sort of belief in the second half we, we, we'll have a chance every week How do you keep people you know, wanting to go out and try their best every Saturday how do you keep yourself motivated and focused when you know, as you said you, know, you won one league game so far it was the first game of the season as well and after that it, it, it's been a tough slog for you so how do you keep going? Well there's big differences Michael I suppose recent weeks for us have been um, a lot easier. Nobody likes getting beat. That's that's for sure. In particular, players and managers. But you, you have to see progress. And you have to be able to see week in week where things are getting better. Um, in the early stages of this season, after the Balamina game that we won, we probably didn't see enough of that, and that was a huge frustration for us. And it took us probably to go too far back before we realised what we needed to do going forward. We seem to have got a, a small bit of stagger. It was swagger back in that um, department and and a better understanding of what we feel is good for us but like I said everyone the, the league this year in my opinion has never been more separated between top and bottom than what it is I think the quality of the top of the league is excruciating um, and I, I we know where we are we know we can't compete financially we know we can't compete with the depth of squad that, that, that the big clubs and the big teams have but that doesn't mean that we can't compete week in, week out on the pitch. For us, we have a far more um, attractive, important set of fixtures coming up now over the next number of weeks and the run into Christmas. And they will be more important to, to us in terms of where we find ourselves in the table come the, the turn of the year. And three out of the four games coming up for you in the league are at home too. Does, does that give you a wee bit of a lift? <clears throat> It does, yeah. Obviously, we, as geographically, we're, we're positioned, most of our players are travelling in. So when we find ourselves having to uh, travel further away from the border, it's a lot of commitment from, from a player's point of view. So the, the, the closer we are to home for everyone, um, our home form is better. And, and, and we're more comfortable at home, like most teams are. So um, it's important that we can we get them fixtures at home and, and games that... that inevitably for us will not only potentially gain you three points but it, it's an opportunity in them in them few weeks to make sure that other teams that are sitting above you at the minute don't don't increase their point tally on you um we'll we'll look a bit down the the fixture list in a wee second but you know right away the the game this weekend a nice easy one against the league leaders and uh and, and your old club cliftonville <coughs> top versus bottom michael it's always the uh it's always the cliche thing to say um, and, and listen, them like ourselves, 
them dislike ourselves have had a fantastic start to the season. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm only too familiar with them and the players that they have and the quality that they have. But like, like I say, expectations on Saturday, all pressure is on Cliftonville. They are the team that needs to stay where they are to be successful. We are the team with no pressure on us, no no expectations in terms of, you know, nobody gives us a chance of getting anything from the game. So that lifts pressure off us straight away and puts us into a scenario where we can go into the game and, and do what we feel is best and, and hope that on the day that we can we can maybe catch Cliftonville uh, in a scenario where maybe they've, they've a wee bit of complacency in the round where we're sitting on the table and we all know players' mindsets when, when it's top versus bottom. So let's let's hope that on Saturday we can we can capitalise on that. I know managers never like to sort of put themselves in a corner by, you know, making big predictions about points and anything like that. But, you know, worth pointing out, you are only three points behind Portadown and Dungannon at this stage in the campaign. So, you know, for, for whatever naysayers may say, you're a, you're a Saturday, Saturday away from changing things very quickly. <laughs> Um, looking at November and December, though, Barry, you know, there's a lot of games against the team in the, the lower half of the table now. I know you have to play Larn. I know you have to play Linfield. You've Cliftonville this weekend. But you've yeah. done Gannon twice in there, for example. You know, you poured it down. Carrick Rangers, Ballymena, Glenavon, these sort of games that um, yeah. maybe give you a, a bit of a run if you can start one. Yeah, Michael, listen, we have to, and, and and it's nothing against any other team in the bottom of the table at the minute, but there are bread and butter games. They're the games that we have to target to try um, and, and lift maximum points to get us off the foot of the table. They're, they're, they're the games that will make the difference for us. If we go out last week, Glentorn, and everyone else wins, we get an amazing three points, but everyone else gets three points in the bottom of the table too. So you're saying to yourself, these these batch of games are our target games. Not that we've purposely ignored any other games, but they're in our position of where we are now. We have to be realistic about where the best value is for us. And these these are the games that it is. So we, we have to be focused on it. And we have to understand that just because we're focused on them doesn't mean that they're games that we will win and we will pick up three points. They're games that, that we need to prioritise because they're so important to us. But... If we happen to lose one or drop points on one, it's not the end of the world. It's just an opportunity that's missed for us. So if we want to close a gap, remove the gap or get on top of a few teams, these are the games that give us the best chance of doing that in a very short space of time. And you know every now and again people like to say, oh, Barry Gray will be throwing the money about there. Where do you see? Uh, I don't think Lionel Messi is about to come in on a loan, but do you think you'll be busy in January? Michael, who knows? Um, as all managers, I'll tell you at the minute, the, the player pool is tight. Um, there's not a massive availability of players. We will always look at in windows to strengthen the squad that we have. I've been on record to say that we would most definitely like to increase the depth of our panel um, to, to, to take that reliance on them, maybe some of the key players that play an awful lot for us. But in January, we will definitely look you know, we've conceded the most goals in the league. We've scored the least goals in the league. If I'm going to sit here and say to you, we don't need the strength in either area, you would be asking serious questions. So whether we can or not, that's a different story. But we will we will definitely be looking to, to, do, to do some form of business in the January window. 
this may change come Saturday, but I'll cheer you up. Dungannon have conceded a goal more than you, Barry, so you don't have to you don't have to go to bed tonight worrying sorry, about sorry. that. <laughs> There's you know, I'll find the silver lining in any cloud. Don't you worry. <laughs> Very good, I, I'm your man. Um, in terms of the job, you knew going back to Warren Point Town, having been there previously, it was going to be a big challenge. Uh, where do you get the enjoyment from the job? Because there's no doubt that there's a lot of hard work in it too. There is. And, and Michael, listen, you could ask most managers, even the ones sitting at the top of the league and the, and the most successful managers in the league, and at times they question where their enjoyment comes from. It, 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 it's, it's not per se that you keep your finger on what, what you like or what you love. You know what you don't like. Um, and any day that doesn't have that's a good day. Uh, but it's football. It's the highs and lows and, and it's the battle. And if you're not willing to, to, to stand up and, and face that battle, you know, face to face, then you shouldn't be involved at all. And for me, personally, it's about progress. You, you, that progress that you see and that working with people to progress um, against all odds, you don't see all the time in results. It's behind closed doors. It's It's the people that that you come across and the people that you get to work with um, week in, week out. And that's that's the big the big factor for me, personally. Um, now, I would love to be sitting top of the table with 10 out of 10, but uh, we, we're not there. And most managers in most positions in the league, you know, obviously you have 11 disappointed managers at the end of every season that hasn't won the league. So the reality is I'm just one of them 11. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the last couple of years have really shown us. You know, football can break your heart, but there's nothing worse than no football. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and Michael, in this in this day and age, in these circumstances, you need to be very very careful about what you want to complain too heavily about. Um, fact that we get to perform at the highest level in this country, that we're part of that. Um, we have all the parts that we would like to see better and like to see more of, but. You know, we we are extremely fortunate to be surrounded by people and professionals that that week in week out give up their time and volunteer to do the impossible most weeks or the bid to 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 get something that they shouldn't have, and that's that's what has to drive you. That's part of it's not life and death for us at Warren Point. It's not it's not uh, it's not our livelihoods. It's not something that if it doesn't work, uh, the kids don't get fed. So. For us, it's a, it's a personal thing. It's a personal drive to try and do what people say that we can't do, Mike. That's the bottom line. But we've we've been tipped. We're sitting and we're tipped as favourites to be relegated by a country mile at this stage, even though it's three points off. We're a smaller club that people frown upon because we're a smaller club. We sit geographically in an area that people frown upon because it's outside the bigger cities. Um, we have players that play for us in our team that that other Irish league clubs and areas aren't familiar with and that gets frowned upon but the reality of it is that's all nonsense as far as I'm concerned and it's our job to go out and try and prove them people wrong there you go there's the team talk I'm nearly running through a wall for you Barry (laughs) (laughs) great to talk to you thank you very much for coming on to the score thanks Michael the score with Michael Clark. Now, I said I was going to get this man on the show last week, and we ran out of time. Frankly, me talking too much, never could you believe it. But on the score this week, I've kept my promise, and he's kept his patience. I'm very pleased to say he's joining us now, the manager of Limavada United, Andrew Law. Andrew, great to get you on the show. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to the chat. Now, 
you know, last week you were on a massive high after a great win against Dungannon. Uh, you know, as fate would have it, you've come in now in a position where, unfortunately, out of the League Cup, and there could be no complaints about the result. Warren Point Town, definitely the better team on the night. Um, yeah, Warren Point um, have played us off the park uh, on Tuesday. Um, they've been they've been very very good. They've come into the game and shown us massive respect. They've they made one change to the team that played Glentoran um, on the Saturday, um, and they've they've put us they've put us under a lot of pressure. They've relentlessly pressed us, uh, and they've been so clinical in front of goal. And not an ideal start when you go behind after uh, eight minutes. Uh, you're two you're two 0 down after eight minutes. So it was a, it was a tough start for us. Uh, it really was. Yeah, and you know, I guess let's look at that game since it was the the most recent one. How how difficult are nights like that as a, a manager? It's your first season in charge. Yeah, it's a difficult night, but it, at the same time, it's a great experience um, for myself. Uh, Warren Point are the fourth Premier League side we've played this year in different cup cup, cup competitions. Um, we've got we've we've done very well to get where we've got to. Um, obviously, after the Larn. The Lauren defeat, uh, we thought we were out of the cup and then we found out we were back in and we got to play in Gannon. And then you get an opportunity against Warren Point and we went up there um, and with a couple of suspensions, a couple of injuries, it was always going to be a tough night. Uh, we got uh, three young lads, their debuts um, on the night as well and it, it's no excuses because Warren Point deserves it. They they really did it in the first half to be 5-0 up. Um, they've, they've done to us what they had to do and didn't give us a chance in the game whereas the longer we stay in the game at 0-0, the, the that was sort of what we were looking to do, and it was sort of how how long can we stay in? Can we sneak something? And they just give us no chance with that. Um, when you go up to that level, the mistakes you make, unfortunately, mistakes are punished, and they've punished us as his head there. They've been so clinical in front of goal. Um, it's just it's just one of them games, unfortunately. Because even with a full strength team, let's be realistic. No one gives a Premier Intermediate League team much of a chance against Premiership opposition, wherever they are in the Premiership table, because we know uh, just how good they are. Um, and, and sometimes people who only watch the top flight can forget that and lose sight of uh, the, the quality that they're actually observing every match uh, day. But the Dungannon win was just a phenomenal result for, for many reasons. No one gave you much of a sniff going into that one either. And nine seconds after you kicked off, you're celebrating a goal. Now, some people will watch football for their whole lives and not see a goal that quickly. What was it like to be involved in that? Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, we, had, we had a couple of kids that had won a competition. I'm a very um, youth players that had won a competition. Um, be mascots and ball boys in the night. So uh, just as the game was about to kick off, I was getting a, a seat for one of the ball boys. And I've turned my back. To, ha- to give him the seat and I've just heard a cheer and the <laughs> celebration and it took me a couple of days until the length of the game was sent before I actually seen the goal um, you know so again that's that's uh, we talk about the highs and lows of football you have the high of Dungannon and getting the result against Dungannon um, to the lows of the Warren Point game where we had a bad start we were 1-0 down after 2 and 2-0 down after 8 um, whereas against Dungannon you're 1-0 up after eight, 9 seconds and you have something to, you have something to build on and something to hang on to and we, we didn't change our game plan. After that, we, we, we always had a game plan in, in the match. And that was just a perfect start. You know, I don't think anyone could dream of a better start than that. No, and, you know, people always talk about in football, don't they? You know, don't get carried away when things are going good and, and don't get too down in the dumps when they aren't. And you, you've sort of had both of those sandwiched into a week, haven't you? You've had the, the real highs of the Dungannon game. And, you know, it's not just a case of you scored first and, and that was it. They clawed back. You had to score again. They got back into it. You had to score a third time. It showed real grit. It, it was a real gritty performance. A lot of determination and a lot of hard work um, from our boys, to be honest. Look, you, you come up against the Premiership opposition 
as you said, it doesn't matter where they are on the table. Like we're a third tier team in Northern Ireland. Um, nobody gives you a chance uh, to to do anything in the game. Um, but we, it's eleven v eleven in the pitch. Um, you know what I mean? And, and we have to we have to work harder than our opposition. And then Gannon came in, and I'll be honest, they showed us a lot of respect as well. And they, they played a strong side against us. Um, they seen it probably as a massive opportunity to get to a quarter final, um, where they knew they would face Warren Point, where maybe they could get the opportunity then to go to a semi final. Um, so. They threw everything at us, um, you know, and although the goals we talked about, you know, towards the end, there was maybe a flourish of two or three corners that Dungannon had, they were putting in the box, and we've we've we had a great save from the keeper, uh, and then uh, one of our players has had it one off the line as well, you know, so, you know, it, you need the luck going for yourself in a night, yeah, you need to work hard and everything everything to go your way sort of thing, and, and it did that night, and um, look, I'll, I'll be honest, I personally thought the boys done enough to win the game. Um, they, they really did, and we we missed our own chances as well. Though we scored three, we we missed a couple of good chances ourselves, and um, we we have to be a bit more clinical. And I think the, going on to the Warren Point game after that, we did we did have chances against Warren Point as well, but it was just the fact that you get punished for mistakes, and Warren Point were so clinical um, against us, and uh, they just opened us up. Whereas Dingannon, we were very very solid, and we just didn't get opened up as much, and we didn't let them break us down. We do talk about the Premiership a lot in this programme. We we certainly don't get to talk enough about the Premier Intermediate League. So for anyone that hasn't been keeping track of things at Limavady United, for example, uh, you've come in at the start of the season as the manager. Lee Guy departed. Talk me through that whole period because you were part of his backroom staff, weren't you? Yeah, so Lee had asked me to come to the club um, just um, during COVID. So uh, in the nineteen twenty season, the, the, the league was curtailed. And then uh, during COVID, uh, and when we were thinking about we were maybe going to get back to some sort of normality, Lee had asked me to come on board. And it was maybe an opportunity for me to, to move myself back into senior football again in a coaching capacity. Um, so, again, I was very thankful to Lee for giving me that opportunity. And then just before the season started, so it was the Thursday before the season started, back in August, um, Lee, Lee had parted ways with the club. Uh, before, And then the chairman had got in contact asking would I, would I be able to take it on interim for a while. Um, so we we went on the Saturday, had a game, and then after the Saturday we we had agreed that it would take it on going forward and and give it a rattle. What was that like? That moment where you're being asked, do, do you fancy the the first team job? Because it obviously it's come as a bit of a surprise to you. You haven't gone to the club with that in mind. No, I haven't gone to the club with that in mind. Obviously, aspirations, obviously to go and manage at a time and. I'm still only 30, um, you know, so there's there's players in the change room that are older than me um, at present. Um, you know, there's a couple of them in there, and they've, they've, in fairness to them, they've been very good, uh, and they're very, very helpful around the place as well. But that, that initial sort of question was asked, and look, I'll back myself. Um, I'll back the players that we have, because myself, Lee, and the other coaches, Ali uh, and Hugh and Ryan, we've, we've all worked hard to get players in. Um, and they came in, and I kept everything nearly the same. As much as I could, um, because we were we were on the eve of the season on that Thursday, and we played the cup. We had two back-to-back cup games before going into the league, and it was a matter of having a smooth transition and keeping everything right, and let let's push forward as much as we can. There'll be, I would imagine, quite a few people listening to this who would know you from your involvement with Korean. Certainly, you're working youth football, and you can point to having worked with a lot of good young players. So you've got quite a bit of experience for someone who, in very commas, is only thirty. Yeah, only 30 I. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've picked up loads of experience. I've worked with some great coaches. I've learned so much off them. I've done coaching, uh, coach education through the AFA, met some great coaches there. Uh, and in them courses, you, you learn as much off your peers as you do off the, 
the the coaches that are taking the course. Um, you know, and I'm still learning on the job. You learn about the league. Um, you learn about uh, all the different levels, and it's it's as much about man management now as it is about having tactics and and training sessions. You have to look after the person uh, and the player, and it's it, it was always going to be a big ask going in. Um, but I, I as I said, I, I always back myself and. Uh, the the people around me have helped me so much, and uh, even to the the board and the chairman, they've been a they've been they're very hardworking, and they've been a great support network for me, and they've they've really helped me um helped me settle into the into the role. I'm sure there's other managers thinking, you know what, just savor that moment where you're younger than some of the players, because that day vanishes, and then you just feel older and older and older. <laughs> well, I'll not say I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. Looking at you know how the the league campaign started for you as well, not not easy. You know, two defeats. The Armagh City game was a bit of a, a helter skelter introduction to uh, life as a manager, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you you win two you win two cup games on the Saturdays, and you go into a Tuesday night against Armagh in the first league game at home, and you're thinking, right, how can, how can we have this? How can it start? And you you have you you think about it, and you you have visions of things, and after thirty minutes, you're three 0 down, you're standing on the sideline, it's raining, and you're just like, what am I doing? <laughs> Um, you know, but at that stage, I always believed in the boys. You know, the team we have, the character we have, and the change room, we would we would always get get there. And uh, in the next fifteen minute spell, we've we've pulled it, we've clawed it back to three three, and we've won in three three at half time. Um, you know, and it shows a lot of the character the boys have. And unfortunately, in the second half, we we just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net, and we've conceded a probably a goal from thirty five yards from a free kick that's gone into the top corner, and it's a, it's disappointing. Yes, you, you lose the game. Then you go into Bambridge. We play Bambridge away on the, the Saturday, um, and we've gone up there, and we 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 just haven't been up to standard, and we we've been beat two 0 and you're you're at that point, and you're saying, right, what do we need to do? How can we change it? Um, we have to we have to bounce back, and since then we've we, thankfully we've gone a good run. We've we've uh, we've played four, we've won four, um, you know, and it helps us because it get, gives you that we push up the league a wee bit, um, you know, and it gets gets us up there. And naturally, when you you know go on a run of victories and people are looking at a club like Limavady United, they must be naturally asking you, you know, what are your targets for the season? Are you are you aiming for promotion in the in your first year in charge? Look, at the end of the day, the Limavady, a lot of people maybe remember Limavady when they played in the Premier League or they were in a Championship. Um, you know, and Limavady since then, there's been a lot of transition, there's been a lot of change. Um, there's a new chairman in. The club's been took over off the pitch. They're doing a lot of work. They've brought them a lot of youth across. Um, things are going really well off the pitch, and it's it's a matter about getting up, um, replicating that on the pitch. Um, so for us, we just want to progress as a club. We want to progress as a football team. Um, you know, and we we had targets move at the start of the season about let let's push ourselves up the league. Let's get top half. Um, you know, and we'll have we'll have personal targets in the change room as well. Um, for ourselves. Uh, but it, as it is, it's it's month by month for us because. In September, October, and November, we only play one league game each month, um, which doesn't really it doesn't really help to gain momentum and push ourselves on. And it gets to December where you have three league games, and maybe after December when everyone's caught up in games and everyone's played the same amount of games, you're looking maybe in January there and you'll you'll see where you are and you'll see you'll maybe change your ambitions or whatever. But as things stand, we just want to progress as a club and get ourselves into the top half. How challenging is that the the fact that league games are so spread out because. I'll hold my hands up and say I didn't even realise it was as spaced out as that, you know, because I was looking and I'm going, next league game's not until the 4th of December, and then you go, okay, well, they have a weekend off here, then they have the Intermediate Cup, then they have the Irish Cup qualifying round four, but, like, you know, having your league games so far apart surely is not ideal. 
it's not ideal. And I would say the majority of Premier Intermediate League managers would, would say the same. Um, we've been very lucky and it was something we always talked about and it, it's felt like a repetitive team talk because at the start of the season you're playing so many cups. They're so important. Like we, you have to go deep into cup competitions. They have momentum to keep playing games, and there's clubs in our there's clubs in our league that have played maybe one game in four weeks. Um, and it, it must be very hard for them. We've been very very lucky, and that's credit to the boys. They put in a lot of work to get ourselves deeper into these cup competitions. Um, you know, but to get momentum in the league is just it's nearly impossible. Uh, during them first couple of months when you're only playing one game a month, and I'm sure everyone would agree on that. And it, it's interesting as well because it. It's a different kind of importance, isn't it? Because as you say, it's the sharpness and you want to keep playing games. You know, managers look at cups and think some cups might be a distraction or the, the leagues are bread and butter or whatever your sentiment might be. But here you're looking at it and going, it's not just a chance for silverware. It is a chance for regular football at the end of the day. And, and that is the most basic thing that anyone involved in the game wants. Yeah, it's just it's just about having that to keep, as you say, to keep sharp, to keep pushing on. Um, because if you, if you sit out for maybe two, two, three weeks without a game, you're nearly back to the square one where you are in pre-season where you have to go through really tough, vigorous training sessions to, to get yourself up to any sort of level of, of fitness. Uh, you know, it's it's just so important to get ourselves in them competitions and, and probably go as deep and as far as we possibly can. And we, Look, as I said, credit the boys. We've, we've done well. We've got to the quarterfinal of the League Cup. Uh, yes, by default with Lauren, the Lauren issue. Um, but then we've went and beat Dengan. And, and I, think, I think if I'm right, I read in the paper... Uh, I think they were the first third tier team in history to get to the quarterfinal, you know. So that that, that that's important. Um, that is really important. And as you say, after getting beat by Warren Point or the, the other night, to not have a league game on the Saturday to bounce back is very difficult, um, you know. And you have to wait now to another cup competition, and then it's another cup competition after that before you get your league again. So Bambridge Town beware, basically, is what you're saying next week in the Intermediate Cup because your boys will be chomping at the bit. Well, I, I feel that we maybe owe Bambridge one after we got up there and we, we didn't do ourselves any justice at all. We've gone up there and we've been beat 2-0. Um, you know, and look, again, as I say, we, we treat every game every game the same. And uh, Look, anyone that comes to Lima Valley, uh, to the showgrounds, we'll, like, we'll, we'll want to give them a game. I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter who it is. If you're a Premier League, if you're um, Premier Intermediate League, if you're Championship, we, we'll bring anyone down there and we'll, we'll hopefully give them a game. And that's just where we want to be at. Um, do you know what I mean? So, if it's a cup game or a league game, whatever it is, we'll um, we'll give our all in every game. Well, it's good to talk to you. Great to have you on the programme. And before I let you go, I just want to say congratulations to your chairman. So on the club's social media at the start of the week, that uh, Mark Clyde and his wife, Nick Love, uh, introduced a wee baby boy to the world. So uh, baby Eli is uh, the latest Limavada United supporter, certainly, that I'm aware of. So um, congratulations to all involved at the club. And uh, good luck to you for uh, the season ahead. Sounds like um, they've got the right man in. Yeah, well, we'll give it we'll give it a rattle and we'll see how we get on. But um, thanks for having me on. I uh, really appreciate the the time you give to to our, ourselves and to the league. The score with Michael Clark. Limavady United boss Andy Law. There, good to have Andy on uh, his side. Unfortunately, couldn't go any further in the League Cup. The Warren Point Town six, Limavady United one. The score in the meeting at Milltown. Ballymena United, 3-1 winners against Linfield. Great result for David Jeffrey's side. Five wins and seven now for the Sky Blues. They appear to have turned a corner and proof that you can't keep a good man or manager down. Coleraine to Glentoran nil. As uh, the Glens continue their rotten form against teams from the top half of the table. That's now 
win less than seven across all competitions against the uh, top half this season. Five of those are defeats as well, which is not great for a team with such big aspirations. And Portadown won Cliftonville 2 after extra time. And a um, bit of debate about Colin Coates being able to play in that one, but uh, I think that's all going to get ironed out, to be honest. He had permission from the league, it would appear, but um, there's some debating the rules. So uh, we don't have time to get into that further, but uh, Kern's goal in the 97th minute has sealed Cliftonville's passage, and uh, I can't see anything changing on that one, but uh, hey, we'll wait and we'll see. We'll talk about it again next week. So Warren Point, Balamina United, Corian, and Cliftonville in the hat Saturday. We'll have the draw, and it'll be interesting to see who gets who in the semi-finals. But one thing I can say for certain is uh, we have no time left. <laughs> what a show. I'm whew, away for a lie down now, if only. I'll be heading to Windsor Park shortly, keeping me nice and busy tonight. I'll be with George McCartney in uh, the Billy Bingham Lounge. Having a chat to any supporters that'll be there for that, so looking forward to it. See you on Saturday, and back to Windsor on Monday, so uh, my goodness me, no rest for the wicket, they say, and uh, maybe that's proving to be the case. But for now, all that remains to be said is enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye-bye.